politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR podcast here at Conservative Review. And we are actually not at Conservative Review headquarters today. We are in Front Sight, Nevada, Tuesday, February 9th. I almost forgot what time of day it was, what time of month it was. This is almost like my personal sanctuary where time stops. Um, I love coming out here. We had a great turnout. It has been a true honor to meet dozens of longtime listeners, some newer listeners. Um, There's some guys who never listened to the show that now will, that were out here as well. Folks, you don't know what you're missing. I'm going to play later on a quick speech I gave Monday night at one of our Constitution training events, Rick Green of ConstitutionCoach.com. He is America's Constitution Coach. They are the best Constitution classes you'll ever have. And then once you're trained as a coach, you could start a group in your neighborhood. And this really ties into everything we're doing, creating neighborhood, county, and state strike force teams. We have ConAction.network. And I know it's kind of clunky, but we're, we're getting it up. We're getting hundreds, if not thousands, of names. We're going to pair you our, all, all of you guys by state. It's going to take a little bit of time, but bear with me. This has really been an honor of a lifetime. As I always say, sometimes it feels like I'm just talking into an abyss. Is anyone listening? Does anyone see what I see? So this is <clears throat> truly amazing. Um, I'm just taking a couple minutes here to put out a quick show today. Like I said, I'm going to play some of the event from the night during the day. We we spend all day on the range. The best defense training you're ever going to get. I'm telling you guys, I don't know if I'm going to be out in March, but I know I'll be out in May. They have several times this year, 90% off. Some very special things happen here politically as well as just training-wise. Um the quality training you will not find any better elsewhere and the price is just amazing you know once you pay for the trip the hotel the the plane fare and look if you could stomach the stupid mask mandates and i wanted to get into that just a little bit just to set the table before we play the audio and again this is kind of a special show we're going to do it very sporadic this week it's going to come out post online a little bit irregularly and a little, it's going to be a little bit shorter, but I want to at least connect with you guys. And I just wanted to say this. I, I thank you all for listening from the bottom of my heart. Um, I feel bad that the show has grown so big. I can't necessarily answer everyone. I try to read all the emails. And like I said, when you go to conaction.network, at least someone will be seeing the email and you'll be able to be put with other people. And more important than getting a chance to meet me is really meeting other people. One of the fun things here is that, you know, they'll have a range with, let's say, 25 lanes and they'll have twice the amount of people. So each person has a buddy and they coach you, you coach each other. So you really get to meet a lot of godly people, conservative people, patriots, having a good time here. And I get the sense that those in our audience are really a very special caliber patriot. 
that is becoming rarer in America, but there still are a lot of us, and there's a lot more people. So again, spread the word of Constitution Coach, Patriot Academy, our event here at Front Sight several times a year. Now, obviously, with me being out, I'm not up on everything going on. In fact, when we're all the way down in some of the farther ranges here, we don't even have cell reception, even if I had a couple minutes to break away. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting that typically I like to be up on everything to really give you guys the cutting edge news, what we need to do about it, what's really important. And obviously there's a lot of news that I'm behind on, but here's the thing. There's one point I want to get out today. We all need to challenge each other to do better, okay? It should be abundantly clear that what we are doing is not working, okay? It's not working. And when they're able to announce in these airports, because I just traveled, a new federal law, you can't breathe without a diaper, and it's only a matter of days before they get the double mask mandate, there's something we're doing that's wrong. And I'm intellectually honest enough, unlike many colleagues of mine in this industry, to recognize that conservatism at a corporate level has been a failure my entire lifetime. And, you know, as you're going to hear, I don't know if you'll be able to hear the questions in the audience, but there's some Q&A afterwards. You'll hear the answers from Rick Green and myself. We're up on the stage at the big classroom. And by the way, it was just tremendous having all these people together without COVID fascism and just being able to converse and meet like human beings. It's truly a lot of fun. But a lot of you are pushing me with very tough questions. And you know, this is a tough time and there aren't great answers. Um, so it's, it's forced me to think outside the box to think more strategically. And I'm still groping in the dark. But I'll tell you this much. You can't come up with a solution until you recognize the extent and severity of the problem itself. Okay, that should be obvious. And you can't have this Baghdad bomb mentality. Remember him? There are no American soldiers in the vicinity of Baghdad while they were coming in. And we can't think we climbed Mount Everest when we didn't even get up the foot of the mountain. Because if you didn't, and you still need to do it, well, you got to come up with a strategy to do it. Thinking you did it when you didn't do it is not a strategy. So one piece of news I did want to get to that we haven't talked about since we met last, before I went out to front site last week, is the Supreme Court ruling. And I'm reading all over conservative media, man, look at that Supreme Court. They really slapped down Gavin Newsom there. And let me, you know, I, I usually don't even like reading the National Review and stuff like that, but I think sometimes it's instructive to understand what not to do and what not to think. And it starts off like this. Gavin Newsom's bad 2021 
got worse late last week when the U.S. Supreme Court in South Bay United Pentecostal Church v. Newsom issued emergency relief suspending California's month-long ban on indoor religious services for violating the First Amendment. So yeah, I mean, Gavin Newsom is just having a bad month. California's ban was the most sweeping in the country, and the court was right to stand up for the right of Californians to worship. Now you'd think, well, wow, did, did the Supreme Court finally discover its own case law? Like, for the, for the last 70 years, if a state or federal official sneezes at someone the wrong way, you evidently violated their right and the court could just come in and grant relief? You have a right to Medicaid? You have a right to vote 50, early, 50 days early before an election? You have a right to, uh, for non-citizens to vote and not have to show proof of citizenship? You have a right to every type of abortion procedure and every type of clinic without basic healthcare regulatory standards. You have a right to everything. So did they finally discover the right to breathe free air, which is a natural right that predated the Constitution? Did they discover the right to gather at all? Did they discover the right to open a business? No, they didn't. In fact, implicit in the Supreme Court opinion is that we must defer to the other branches of government. And yes, there's the COVID and it's terrible. And implicit is that all this garbage works. You read the opinion and you think, this is still like those first court opinions at the end of March when some people, not those in this audience, You knew that this was a farce from day one. Not the existence of the virus, but the notion that these non-pharmaceutical interventions that the government tyranny could stop its spread. And basically what you had was a 6-3 ruling that California can't categorically ban indoor church services. Okay? They could force you to wear a mask. They could have 25% capacity limits. Not to mention everything else going on. And the businesses. But what's happened with these so-called conservative, controlled opposition, federalist society type of Republican judges is that they've made religious liberty an idolatry. Okay? They've made it a half-baked carve-out at the expense of every other right. So it's like, hey, this is North Korea. That's fine, but have some avenue with a muzzle to have 25% capacity indoor services. Because that's kind of like freedom to worship. Okay, well, what about freedom of speech? Freedom to assemble, freedom to breathe. Fifth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment. And again, these are real rights that you and I believe in, certainly the Supreme Court precedent, that you have to show that, you have to show your work, that the state has to demonstrate that what they're doing works, it's needed. You can't just say, well, there's COVID, so people are dying, it's needed. Well, you could, do do they have to jump on their head? 10 times, it has to work. You have to show efficacy. You have to show it's the least restrictive means of achieving 
that vital state interest. Strict scrutiny, the balancing test. You're not seeing this anywhere. It just, look, you're singling out, you know, those old lines. Ha oh, ha, look, if you, and, 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 and the opinion is full of all these things. Uh, the gambling get to do this, and it's not just, uh, you know, salons and this and that. Churches are important too. And it's all part of this thing that you could violate rights as long as you do it equally. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And then you had, you know, we could only get three votes on the singing. Okay? So basically, Roberts, Roberts didn't say anything. He obviously is for the ban on singing in church. But Amy Barrett and... Kavanaugh joined her concurrence where she basically said, look, we don't have enough evidence yet. Present a little bit more evidence and maybe we could talk about it. Okay, present some evidence and we could talk about it. I agree with Justice Gorsuch's statement. So Gorsuch gave the more sweeping one and said that, and and, and Thomas and Alito joined, that they would have also put an injunction on the ban on singing. But again, even those three they didn't talk about the categorical issue. Now, I understand. Basically, the litigation was only over churches. It wasn't over the other issues. And even in the churches, I don't think they were asking to not wear a mask. Because again, from a legal standpoint, they were trying to just have the most narrow win and get a win for their client. But let me ask you something. If states started raping conservative women, I hate to get crude here, but let's say they just say we're going to do that. And somehow we only ask for relief on a certain narrow aspect of it. The courts would scream for, would scream their lungs out, proverbially through their writing, through their opinions. You can't do this. Why, why are they always so narrow when it comes to real fundamental rights? But they're so sweeping when it comes to like last year's Bostock opinion of transgenderism. There's a right to that couple months ago, we saw Kansas, they can't ask for proof of citizenship to register to vote. All this talk and all their opinions, we have to defer to the states, of course, but just this far you can't go. They never say that. So anyway, Amy Barrett said, I agree with Gorsuch's statement, save its contention that the court should enjoin California's prohibition on singing and chanting during indoor services. The applicants bore the burden of establishing their entitlement to relief from the singing ban. In my view, they did not carry that burden, at least not on this record. As this case comes to us, it remains unclear whether the singing ban applies across the board or else favors certain sectors. Of course, if a... um, Chorister can sing in a Hollywood studio, but not in her church. Then California's regulations cannot be viewed as neutral. You see what I mean? It's like a state has the right to do to to to, to get that intimately into your natural rights, as long as they don't do it evenly. What is going on here? Now look, look, I have not changed my view that the courts aren't the end all. 
We got this is why I'm pushing the constitutional sanctuary movement in the counties and the states where we can. But here's the deal. If the courts are going to go and create affirmative rights to positive actions and positive benefits from government, and they're the end all to crush states from regulating marriage, defining marriage, regulating abortion, from regulating the times, methods, and procedures of elections pursuant to Article 1, Section 4 that's given to them. They can't even have their own Medicaid work requirements. Nothing. And suddenly here, for 10 months, they could just suspend liberty. Now look, I get it that it does seem like some of the more conservative ones are keeping their powder dry, in Gorsuch's stronger concurrence, there was this one-sentence reference to the fact that, yeah, you know, you guys are always moving the goalposts. So it, it, they, that was a throwaway line looking beyond this, you know, splitting of the hairs on the singing in the church and the 25% capacity. But, dude, I mean... There is incontrovert. There is not a shred of evidence that this stuff works. California is the perfect state for this. They did everything that you could possibly do, and months into the shutdown, it came with a vengeance worse than in Florida, where they didn't have this. And then you know what? Coincidentally, after two months of spread, eight weeks, this always happens. The winter spread was over, and now it's down. What? Suddenly those interventions worked? Those dudes had that in place before anyone in mid-March. It might have been like March 12th or, or something. They had the earliest lockdown in America. But this gets back to, um, you know, well, let me first just say with the evidentiary standards. Cases and hospitalizations are plummeting. It can't be from the masking because they rose well into the masking and fell. There was no increase in masking. We maxed out in this country. If anything, the increase was actually before. It was the summer into the fall is where it really became universal and the cases were low. If anything, more recently, a couple of states like Iowa and North Dakota relaxed it. So there's no evidence that anyone's behavior changed it. Don't blame it on the PCR um, cycle threshold levels that, oh, they're using um, better CTs, so not they're not picking up as many false positives because there's no real evidence that, as we thought, that CDC is following the World Health Organization's guidelines. What are you going to say? It mutated? I thought we were told the mutation would cause an increase in cases. And again, as we said last week, in South Africa and the UK, the home of the two main new variants, that at least the known ones, I'm sure there's plenty of them. Guess what? Cases fell 90% in South Africa. Falling rapidly, not quite as rapidly, but very rapidly in the UK. It can't be the vaccines either because... 
with the vaccines, most places in America, it's been falling for about four weeks already, the cases. So four weeks ago, there were very few people that had two doses of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. And indeed, the place where they're the farthest along in Israel, cases were still going up. So that's the thing. It's all about seasonality. It has its seasons. It saturates. When it's saturating, there's nothing you can do to stop it. If it's not its time to spread, you can gather all you want and it won't spread it. You know, look, initially when when it started spreading in the late spring in the southern states, we're like, oh, it's BLM. I myself thought it was at the time. But it appears, it's called the Hope Simpson Curve. They get their curve later. Hopefully they won't get it a second year because hopefully we would have achieved de facto herd immunity by then. But this this is in plain sight. Someone needs to file a categorical lawsuit on the entire premise of this. A state doesn't have the power to do this. Well, Daniel, the courts have said they can quarantine. That's not quarantine. Quarantine is there's 10 guys over there that have a very deadly disease that's quarantinable. Not the entire country is getting this year's version of the flu, even if it's more deadly to some, but it cannot be stopped. It spreads like a flu. You can't suspect everyone without symptoms all the time, every time of doing stuff, even if it did work. Certainly the fact that the stuff they're doing doesn't work. They're busted on every front. It's so sad that it took an Italian court. An Italian court said, you can't mask kids under 10. There's no evidence there's even a problem for them. So we have more freedom there. But that's the thing. We all thought we were getting these conservative judges. It's a joke, but you read the National Review... You read the National Review, and they're like, deference to democracy is not a blank check. We're glad they did this. Newsom's ban on all indoor worship gatherings of any size or spacing while allowing Hollywood to continue indoor film and television production is neither generally applicable nor narrowly tailored. What? So if they have 25% capacity with masks... Is that narrowly tailored either? No. It's just weird. These people are bizarre. But these are the people that have been running this movement for too long. They think the courts are taking care of this. No, they're not. Now, I think we need to push harder, get some better circuits like the Eighth Circuit get a categorical lawsuit on what I just said, why 10 months later they have to show their work that A, they even have the power to do this, to indefinitely quarantine an entire country together, not you know these people from these people, but everyone individually, even if they had a vaccine, even if they had the, um, the virus ready, even if they have no symptoms, no matter how much information comes out 
on asymptomatic spread, on child spread, on impervious, you know, someone's impervious nature to, to reinfection, you know, any serious reinfection after having already had it. At some point, this needs to matter. And folks, I've been a little bit out of it the last few days traveling, and, and really the last week I haven't gotten involved in this so much. But there's so much more data and studies out. Oh, man, maybe we'll get Dr. Andy Boston back on the show, but he's been sending me a bunch of stuff. You had this study out um, in the UK that basically showed that staff in, in schools, like teachers, have a 40-fold, 40 to- 40 not 40-fold 40, 40 greater risk of transmission within households than in school. Another study found that in Singapore, they had aggressive intervention in elderly care homes that helped, but early adoption of masks and lockdowns were not a feature of Singapore's response to COVID-19. I could go on and on. Someone needs to collect all this evidence Go in the best, you know, in a district within the best circuit and tee it up. Again, not with the understanding that the courts should be the end all, are the end all, or will even rule properly. But we got we to gotta throw everything, everything we have at this. But obviously, again, it takes these state-level organizations. Um, I'm really excited for this new group. I am a little bit overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have a staff, but a lot of you have volunteered. Some of you have come over to me here at Frontside or emailed me that you're good at IT and different things like that. And this this is not such a good week to even email because I'm obviously on the run, so I'm not checking the email when half the day I'm at the range with no reception. But we will get this set up. Um, my only regret is I didn't do this earlier because the legislative sessions, you know, the clock is ticking. We're in February aren't that many weeks. But again, I mean, you you look at our conversation with the sheriff. The sheriff's always around. And we'll talk about that. So that's the thing. We all need to do better. And that starts with understanding that we're not on this way to winning the courts or winning this or this hero Republican that the National Review thinks is so conservative but really they're part of the controlled opposition. What the courts are doing now with these Republican judges is the quintessential definition of a controlled opposition. Now I want to make you guys feel a little jealous that you're not here out in front sight. Get a little flavor of what Rick and I have been doing. Um, he really has a tremendous organization, Patriot Academy, Um, you could check out constitutioncoach.com, everything else he does, but we're going to take a little bit of a listen to our Monday night event and, you know, we'll listen to as much as we can. The questions, obviously you can't hear because they didn't have microphones, but you'll hear Rick and I talk about, again, how we fight back. There's no good answer. That's a silver bullet, but everything together, we could do a lot better. Let's take a listen. Alrighty, folks, have you guys ever experienced anything like today? 
it is just, it's, it's surreal. When I came out here in December, I felt this was Liberty's playground. God, guns, camaraderie, you know, each person has a coach, you know, ready, set, fire. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. It really is. Uh, tell your friends, relatives that were too scared to come. Uh, one of the ranges from, mainly from my listenership, were all newbies. It was truly beautiful. Um, and by the end of the day, you guys felt like a pro, and certainly tomorrow, it's going to be a lot of fun. So those of you listening on my recording, I'm going to make you guys jealous. You could come out in March and May and June, and uh, there's, there's a lot of other opportunities. You know, one of the things that I was thinking today, and I remember feeling this when I came out the first time, is that I spent an entire day shooting with Patriots with no access to the internet. And it was terrific. And I experienced that again today. And I thought to myself, you know, because my whole life is just a constant proverbial firefight. And my sons already know this because they've been home and homeschooled now with the COVID stuff. And they hear me pacing the floor on the phone, yelling, sometimes cursing, you know, just getting really animated. And today my blood pressure was actually down for once. You know, sometimes people get nervous around firearms, but uh, real firefights are, uh, aren't nearly as bad as political firefights. And I was thinking, wow, I could do this forever. Out here in the desert, the beautiful scenery. What you don't know can't hurt you. That's what I was thinking. It's out of sight, out of mind. And that really describes every one of us. Conservatives live our lives. Our lives aren't government. It's not our civic responsibility and all this stuff. We have God, we have our faith, we have our family, and we have our jobs. You know, that's why you don't have a, a right-wing BLM, because, you know, some people have to work for a living. And, but th th this is our problem. So whether it's having a good time shooting, whether it's dealing with, I got four young boys, uh, three boys and a girl under the age of 10, your job, it really consumes everything you have. And you don't know what, what, what could hurt you. You don't know. The left knows. They don't sleep, or they have people sleeping, but they have people that are awake as well. And that's really our job. You know, I, I felt like, I, again, I could do this forever. I don't need to go back to my job. I'm dreading going back on Friday. I'm having too much of a good time here. But I want you guys to take this inspiration. Take it to your friends and relatives, neighbors, coworkers. You know who they are, undocumented patriots, people who are too scared to be outed. You bring five or 10 friends with you and you can get active. One of the news stories I did get a chance to see just looking at my phone and you know, some of the messages I'm getting in Tampa, Jane Castor, who's the mayor, some of you might have seen this a couple hours ago, she said that she was going to go over with the local police and look at the footage of those celebrating the Super Bowl victory without a mask and send the, the sheriff's deputies after them. And, you know, again, when we're talking about natural rights, we talked about this last night, just like with self-defense, you can't take that away from a person. Did you ever think we'd live to see a day where they would look on camera to see if you're breathing? I don't even know if in North Korea they're doing this. 
I really don't know. I don't know if they even have a mask mandate or if they're looking on cameras to see if you're wearing one. This is very serious. So when I saw that one piece of news, I was like, man, I got to get back to my job. You know, we can't, we can't let this slide. Now I have a message into the governor and hopefully he'll take care of her. She, she wants to run for governor there and you know, make a name for herself in Florida. But at the same time, the theme I discussed last night, fight like a leftist. Think about what she's saying. I am willing to use local power to thumb my nose at the governor to go and infringe upon natural rights. Well, why can't we get our sheriffs in the good areas to harness their power to protect unalienable rights? That is our job. That is our job. Now, most sheriffs are really good people. That, that guy in Hillsborough County happens to be a dirtbag. Um, some of you remember last year he had a pastor arrested for opening his, uh, his church. And in the same week, he released a guy. He must have been arrested 39 times. And within 20 days, he went out and murdered someone. And they were all because of COVID. The church had to be shut for COVID. And the criminal had to be released for COVID. So these guys think of everything. We got to think of everything. A um, couple other themes just before I get to my ask. We talked about the Constitution. I love that. That should have been the title of my book. I wrote a book on this issue, Stolen Sovereignty, how the courts have stolen our sovereignty, but only because we let them. You know what's interesting? I always said to everyone, I can't wait till we have another Democrat president. Because that Democrat president is going to teach everyone the impotence of a court and enforcing their ruling. So it's interesting, another story I saw today, Biden's planning his new order blocking all deportations. Now some of you might ask, well, didn't a federal judge in the Southern District of Texas just say, you can't do that? You know, the INA says you got to put anyone who is not qualified to enter the country into deportation and removal proceedings. He's like, hey, this is Federalist 78, neither forced nor will, baby. So again, the left, they know how to play the game. They know that a court can't run the country, even when the court is right in reading the law in accordance with the way it's written. Again, that demands of our people to do the same. Not all Republicans are created equal. I think, as we've all seen, the, the, the gap between a guy like, let's say, the Florida governor and 90% of the other Republican governors is greater than the gulf between a Republican and a Democrat. So as Rick said, you've got to get active in a, in, in, in a, in a primary. But part of the way we do that is, is how? We create inflection moments during these legislative sessions. It could be out of session. And we start a list of about five litmus test issues. And I'll give you one of them that's going to be clear. We talked about the North Dakota bill last night to nullify all unconstitutional actions promulgated by the federal government, criminalize their enforcement. Now South Dakota has a bill, HB 1164. A lot of people are talking about it today. So you need to get in the faces of all your red state county, state officials, whether it's sheriff, county prosecutor, um, county judges aren't so available, but county commissioner, state legislature, attorney general. 
are you going to have a bill like this in our state, in our county? And if the answer is no, well, now we have our undocumented leftist who calls himself a conservative. And now we know who to target. This is what we have to do. We can't sleep. It's not natural. You know, some of you might have seen some of the training today, if it was your first time. It didn't feel natural. It's not what you do at the range. Because they're training you for real life against the dynamic target. You got to make sure, okay, do, 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 do I have a, a loaded magazine here? You got to check. You know, at the range, you don't have to worry about that. But this is real life. And it's the same thing with political activism. You have no choice but to do what actually works. And again, it's got to be bottom up. The left is showing us how it's done. Now, I know it's not the prettiest website yet, but out of the listenership of my audience, I see many of you in the, in the audience here today, we have conaction.network, where all we're doing is we're putting together like-minded patriots, for those of you who didn't hear last night, who are in the same state to start state liberty strike force teams. The beauty of this is, is as follows. See, typically what I've dealt with in this industry, there aren't too many groups like Patriot Academy that get led on the target. They have a mission, they have a goal, and they do a good job of it. They're there to earn money, and they waste hundreds of millions of dollars. So they could uh, create a $10 million organization. I know many of them uh, in Washington, D.C., some of them I've worked at, and uh, they'll have 400 employees and God knows what they do for a living. I don't know what they do on a given day. They'll, they'll create an organization for some random issue, and it might have been an issue at some point, and it's like, now they're arresting people for a living. And they're still fo focusing on their you know, minor budget issue somewhere. And they can't turn around that Titanic. This is about a strike force team that could put the firefighters and the water to where the fire is at any given moment. You don't need any overhead. The people in this room, you, you appoint a team lead, you have division of labor, you write a weekly circular on what's going on in the legislature, you meet with them with the force of a grassroots group and you say, look, we got a lot of people behind us. I'm not gonna bore you with today's show, but I did pre-record it, so I have Sheriff Mark Lamb on. He's gonna discuss the idea of a citizen's posse, a patrol posse. You know, one idea I think, and, and, and the folks uh, at Frontsite would love this, I think we need to get these county sheriffs to sign off on a training here at Frontsite to qualify for that citizen's posse because these guys, a lot, of, a lot of times they tell me they don't have the funding. They don't have the funding for it. Small counties, this is a way of killing two birds with one stone. You get uh, Rick's constitutional lesson, you get the best defense training, frankly, better than what the sheriff's deputies are going to give you, nothing personal to them. You're not going to get this type of training. And you become a part of your community. You become a part of your local law enforcement. And that way we can't have scenarios where you'll have a mayor get up there and say, hey, we're going to go all over with some of the police, the footage to catch people breathing or God knows what else. So again, I want you guys to go to conaction.network, sign up, it, you know, it's all going to be secure. We're going to send an email out before uh, anyone is paired together with other patriots and say, hey, do you want to be on a list with 15, 20 patriots from your state's Idaho, Missouri, wherever it is, 
And then once you guys are paired together, the sky's the limit. You'd be shocked at what you can do. It, it was fun watching so many first timers, young and old. We, we even had you know, 13, 14 year old girls on the range today, never handled a firearm. And, and, and it seemed really daunting. They were throwing a lot of commands at you. And then by the end of the day, wow, I, I feel like I can do this. This is good. And certainly after tomorrow and the day after, you'll feel really good about it. Again, the intellectual ammo works the same way. The same muscle memory, um, it's just a little bit less physical. But you would be surprised what you can do when you get together, even in small groups. Keep it local, keep it real. I encourage you again, sign up, conaction.network, sign up for our show, see our podcast at Blaze TV, and encourage all your friends that said, eh, I'm not, I'm not good enough to shoot out here, say you were first timers, you get five of your friends to come out for the March, May, June uh, defense training here. And I'm telling you folks, just between the people at Front Sight, we could take back significant portions of the country. Thank you so much, folks. Take questions? Yeah, we'll take some Q&A. Okay. I, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things uh, to, to help Daniel, and then we're going to open it up uh, to questions. I'm telling you, this guy is one of the most important voices in our, in our nation, and he is a machine. He churns out more articles, more content than anybody, and that's without staff. That's, I mean, I don't know how he does what he does. So I'm going to ask you two very specific things. Number one, I want you to pray for him because yep. he has a lot of pressure to, to be able to do all of this by himself and get that information out there. Like I said, four young kids. I mean, it's, it's a busy, busy life for him. So please lift him up. Um, and secondly, go subscribe to his podcast because those numbers mean something. That helps bring advertisers to his program. Uh, you need to be listening to his content. It's an easy way. Just hit subscribe on, on your podcast app. It's an easy way to support what he's doing and help him move up the ranks blaze and everywhere else and to even gain uh, more listeners. So that's two very, very easy things to do that, Thank I, you. that I'm asking you to do. And what? Five stars. Oh, yeah, yeah, rate it. That's right. Do the five-star uh, rate it. That's right. Support, <laughs> good. Subscribe. Good. You. Very, very good. And, and hit that five-star thing. He's 100% right. I think the people that are making the most difference are the ones with the least amount of money. Not that you shouldn't give because, like you're saying, there's these multi- I mean, there's other organizations that try to do a little bit of what we do at Patriot Academy. Yep. And we do it with literally about one-twentieth of their budgets. They have you know, $20 million budgets. We have less than a million dollar budget, a very small staff, and we're doing stuff all over the country. Patriot Academy, the capital's all over the place. Our coach trains now with you know, almost 5,000 coaches, all of that with a very, very small budget. So I, I, I don't know, maybe that's part of how God works, is that the leaner and meaner you gotta be, <laughs> yep. the more effective you are, you don't get spoiled of those things. So anyway, I'm really, really excited about the partnership with Daniel and the radio program and, and front sight, and you guys being a part of this, so spread the word when you get back home. You've already got a lot of great action steps that we're throwing at you. When you host a class in your home, it's a natural thing for you then to become that action uh, network right there in your community and plug into his website, Convention of States, it all ties together. But it takes you. You have to be the catalyst. You've got to be the one. If you raise the banner, I'm telling you, people yep. are hungry right now. They are looking for an outlet to get involved. Okay, we've got a little bit of time. I know you're tired, but let's take a few minutes if it, and we want to take some questions. you got a question for Daniel or me or just in general. And uh, if you have to leave while we're still doing questions, not a problem at all. Eight o'clock on the range. We'll be kicking it off again in the morning. So let's open it up. Who's got some questions? Yeah, right here. Go ahead. Real loud. Don't you think that what Daniel's talking about is a natural progression toward the Convention of States? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it, like we, we look to the Convention of States that might be the goal down the 
That's right. But you got to get things happening. That's right. We can't we can't just fight that fight because that's a couple of years down the road at least, right? Before we actually accomplish that. And if we don't fight these local battles, it's going to be too late for that. So yeah, I totally agree with you. I know Daniel does. No, absolutely. I I made that point at the COS webinar last week, and you know you think about it when NASA went to the moon. They didn't really get much out of going to the moon. Now, I'm not saying COS is going to be like that, but the process, they invented a lot of things from it. And, and the process of self-governance, being reacquainted with, you know, most people know the difference between, you know, a Freedom Caucus guy in Congress or a Mitt Romney type. Do you know the difference in your state legislature? Because knowing that can make the difference of making your state red again. And again, the same process through which we have applications to go to Convention of States we have an application to nullify unconstitutional orders. And we have North Dakota, South Dakota, we're starting to count states. It's the same thing. And, and look, we'll, we'll be pushing on Mark. Um, I know he did promise me that the 15 states that they're already over the hump, that they've already done COS, they're gonna use that terrific grassroots right. to start focusing on some of these issues. Yeah, it's good. Who else? Y'all are all like, we just wanna go home and go to bed. Y'all are going to listen <laughs> to yes. You know, this is going to be kind of controversial. Maybe people disagree with me. I think it's a waste of time. And, 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 and I, it's kind of depressing, but I think the die is cast in a way, and this is why I focus on red and blue so much. You're either in an area that voted predominantly for Trump or not. I mean, there are 50-50 areas. If you're in an area that predominantly voted for Trump, there's something wrong that the policies don't reflect that. So you need to focus all that energy on influencing the influencers, not the people making noise on Facebook. Now you say, well, we need to convince the people. That's down the road in some of the bluer areas, but we need to fortify the areas that we should already have freedom, and we're not, we don't. Again, name me that state I could go to and go to a doctor's office or a hospital or have a kid in school without a mask. You know, where we could have pre-2020 level of post-constitutional tyranny. Florida's getting there, but it's not great. So to me, I think if you get a group together, what state are you in? Uh, Iowa. Iowa's a terrific state because you got a governor and you know she's getting there. She let the mask mandate expire. Um, you got pretty solid Republican majorities in the legislature. Do you have conservative majorities? Not really. I mean, and you don't have that in any state. We don't, but we have about 10 patriots in each chamber. You get a hold of their bills and make that a litmus test. And you go and pound away again at those officials. It's all about that. You, you be like a, like a political Navy SEAL team. You project the image as if you have more people. That's what the left does. Again, you go to an 80-20 Republican county with these town halls or county commission hearings, guess what? It will be the 20% represented there with all their agitation groups. That's where you need to go. The Facebook fights, they don't go anywhere. 
I mean, I, that's just my view. I disagree slightly just in terms of, for some people, that's their only outlet, right? And that's their only circle of friends. So I wouldn't abandon it. I think you have to, you have to post, you have to share, you have to let that conservative voice be heard out there, or else the left dominates the digital media world, which they do, but we can push back some. So I disagree a little bit in terms of I say do it, but it's not going to have near the impact as what he's talking about. Yep. I've been, I mean, I've been there in these supposedly conservative areas where the left shows up at a committee hearing at a Texas, you know, um, legislative session, and they just dominate fill the hallways, they fill it, and they just intimidate these legislators. And, and you know, we've got to show up and force at these things. We've got to let our voices be heard. When we do, I mean, even in California, a couple of years ago, they were going after homeschooling. And I'm telling you, the homeschoolers came out of the woodwork. They wrapped around the, the Capitol building. You couldn't even get in. I mean, they were literally, it was, I forget how many thousands they had show up. And, and the author of the bill dropped, pulled the bill down. So, I mean, you can make a difference doing exactly what Daniel's talking about. Okay, yes, sir. I didn't even hear the question because I was running around talking. So did anybody? Hear I the should know that. <laughs> or even know <laughs> the answer because I don't know what the question was. Nor do I probably even know the answer. Anybody? It was a pretty complex question. It was a complex question. We'll find out. Adam likes to do that because he's got thousands of people on there, and if he asks a simple question, it literally goes <laughs> with thousands of answers. Uh, <laughs> And so anyway, he likes to make it hard, so you have to do a little bit of homework. Okay, all the way back. That's it. So I think that's, that's the answer. Kind of Facebook, but I will admit I've never been on Facebook. <laughs> hey, that is the answer. What you are doing is that's the it. answer. That deserves a hand. Y'all be good. Thank All you. right. I had a buddy in the legislature that, that actually used to serve on my advisory board for Patriot Academy, and he always said half the battle is showing up. People that yeah. win are the ones that show up. And so I love the, how you started that. Saying, we didn't know what we were doing, but we showed up. And now that was the first step. And now you're going to get better and better at it. I mean, that is the answer. That's exactly what Daniel's been calling for. No, that, that is terrific. That is terrific. So you're, what part of Minnesota are you from? He said something about cows too, no? So, so that, that is where it's at. I mean, and it's actually, 
what I'm proposing is harder to be proactively pushing good stuff. To be anti is always easier. So that's the first thing. If there's bad legislation coming down, you got to mobilize people. You're doing the right thing. Showing up is more than half of it. Um, we never show up, and that's the problem. Um, also, what I would say is the way to put pressure on that even further is to get out ahead of it. Again, it's unconstitutional. It's privileges and immunities, 14th Amendment. A state can't do that either. You start getting the county governments, um, what is it, 80% of them at least voted for Trump, if not more, of the counties in Minnesota. Counties to start putting out a sanctuary declaration that we will not abide by this, and preferably like the Missouri one, we are going to arrest any individual from the health department that comes down to violate the Constitution on unalienable rights. So you apply the pressure from several different angles. And run for commissioner, our school board, yep. city council. We just launched campaign coach at patriotacademy.com. So it's mm. an eight module deal, it's very fast. And the best thing to do is to go through that first answer the question, should I run? Am I called to this? Could, could, do I want to be the candidate or do I want to find the candidate and then help them win? So it's very quick, easy to go through, campaign coach. It's available at PatriotAcademy.com literally just in the last 48 hours. It's been launched. We've been working on this. We have, our goal is 10,000 candidates for city councils, school boards, all those local offices. That's where we've got to work. We were inspired by a guest yep. on Daniel's show from, uh, from uh, Rochester. I forget the lady's name. Well, Shannon Joy. Yeah, yes. Shannon. I follow her on Twitter. How can I forget that? Anyway, I mean, we were inspired by her talking about the left has done this for years, and we don't want to organize at the local level. Anyway, 10,000 candidates. You can be one of those candidates if that's what God's called you to. So take that campaign coach course, and it'll answer those questions. It's a really, really good, quick way to do that. And then if you are going to run, it gives you that step-by-step where you don't have to go yep. hire a consultant that helps you run for that office very, very, um, very quickly. Yeah, one more question. I have a question um, about the Second Amendment versus state law. You mentioned earlier about how the uh, universities don't allow our young ladies that are on those campuses to be able to protect themselves, and we know the dangers that they, they, that they face. Would you encourage somebody that has a daughter Who's talking, who is a pro uh, Second Amendment daughter and trained, would you encourage her to carry concealed even though it is illegal in the state where you do so? Hmm. I, I wouldn't because I don't want her to lose the ability to have that firearm in places where she can carry. Um, so what I would encourage you to do is pull her out of that school and send her to a campus somewhere where they are allowed to carry. And, and, and because the consequences are just too great, um, for if she is busted with that firearm, never potentially depending on the firearms laws there and the federal laws and all those things, potentially never being able to get a concealed carry license again. And uh, I mean, it's the reason why most of the time I obey a state law if I if I don't have reciprocity and I'm not able to carry in that area that I that I don't because I don't want to lose the ability to carry most places. In fact, I turn down speaking engagements in states all the time if I can't carry there or I don't know someone that can be there with me. Uh, that is able able to carry. So I, I, you know, I just think it's one of those deals where you have to walk that line. I mean, there's a time for civil disobedience. I'm not against civil disobedience at all. I think this whole COVID thing is a great opportunity for civil disobedience, for churches to not obey those laws, for us to not obey the mask orders, businesses, all of those things. This one is more dicey because of the consequences. Um, if she's just pulled over, um, or she, you know, somebody did. They, they find out that she's carrying it, and so they want to bust her and make an example of her. So I would, I avoid, and they, they'll even talk about that, you know, don't walk it. In fact, there's a great proverb on this. A prudent person perceives danger and, and, and takes precaution. 
a simpleton, you know, carries on and has to suffer the consequences. I would say the prudent person in that situation, I know there's financial considerations and all those things. I'm not suggesting to know the answer for your family or your situation, but I would, I would absolutely not even, I would pull my daughter out of that school and, and, and have her going somewhere else. Or um, find a boyfriend that's allowed to carry her and uh, have an escort her all over campus. I don't know. I would find a solution, but I wouldn't recommend uh, that just simply because of, of the consequences. That's, that's me. No, I totally agree. Look, there's power in numbers, and you got to get the sanctuary movement in place uh, before you go ahead and do that, because otherwise you're just going to sacrifice yourself in a picket's charge, and it's not going to go anywhere. Um, intellectually, yeah, I mean, you have a right to do that. States don't have the right um, to infringe upon it. Timothy Farrar, he was Daniel Webster's law partner. He was, he wrote the first Kind of like what Joseph Story did in the Constitution, but he wrote the first compendium commentary on the 14th Amendment in 1868, right after it was ratified. And he made very clear that states could do a lot more things, but they can't violate certain unalienable rights, and he lists the right to self-defense as one of them. So intellectually, you got it there, but that, that's what we're all living through. What do you do when we know we're in the right, and they're coming after us anyway? So again, you got to do it prudently just because... Um, Telling them this is in the Constitution is not going to help. But I will say you're, you're alluding to a broader problem and perhaps a greater solution that we all need. Maybe greater than focusing on counties and states and getting involved in primaries is self-separating and separating in the economy and the culture and the workplace. Naturally, we're not like that. Okay, we, we, we are fine living together harmoniously. We're not into the cancel culture, but they are literally throwing us out of it. Yep. They are making it we can't live in their institutions anyway. And the colleges are so rotten to the core. Now you have the COVID concentration camp aside for not being able to defend yourself. I mean, it's, it's really bad there. Um, you know, maybe the police aren't even looking for guns anymore because they're looking for God's image that needs to be covered. Um, so maybe, maybe it is safe to carry there as long as you're wearing a mask. Um, but I will say that I think we all need to consider boycotting the colleges. And it's funny, maybe it might have been on the COS webinar, I stole your name. I said, we need Patriot Academies. And then, and then it struck my mind, I was like, yeah, we have one already, but you need to start a real school. I mean, you know, a lot of people want to do homeschooling. But obviously, it's not feasible. I mean, I know it's very taxing on my wife, especially this week with, with me out. A lot of people have both parents working. It's tough. What if you had a homeschool-style franchise? Most, most private schools are religiously oriented in different ways. Lots of Catholic private schools. Lots of them have become wards of the state, unfortunately, which is why all the private schools are into the mask fascism. You need almost like a homeschool style, uh, home style that is really powered by patriotism. And then you take that up to the college level. That's really what we need to do because we need to be doing that anyway without the Second Amendment issue and the First Amendment issue. It's just, you know, they're not preparing them for, for life and, and with, with most professions. They're inculcating them with garbage. I can't tell you how many people email my program and say, look, you know, Daniel, I don't know what to do about my 21-year-old. You know, people that come from solid families, uh, they, go, they go out to the Northeast or really, really anywhere. I mean, I mean, it's anywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, you ever, you ever look at um, a red-blue map 
and you'll see out in the boonies like this sea of blue, like, hey, what's going on there? It's always a college town. I mean, that's what, how malignant of a force it is. So I know it's a little bit different discussion than you're looking for, but I think that's one solid reason, but one of many reasons why I think God is forcing us to do the surgery that we probably needed to do for quite a while. Yeah, and, and since you mentioned it, I got, I got to tell you, I mean, I, this is, for me, it, it is literally about defunding the left, not sending yeah. our dollars and our kids to these, college, these colleges that are indoctrinated, and putting the pressure, putting the pressure on your legislators and say, if there's any college in our state that we're giving state funds to that is teaching any of this Marxism, we will not give them another penny. Basically, the exact same thing that Donald Trump did with his executive order on no critical race theory in these federal institutions. And, and since you mentioned it, I will say Patriot Academy is building a campus where we're going to have a one-year gap year program for young people to come and spend a year with us before they go to All college right. to get really grounded in the Constitution and in leadership. They'll have a chance to work at the state capitol for state reps that we vet really well and make sure they're strong conservatives. Um, and so that program is coming. We actually tested it with, with what we call our scholar program with uh, five students last year. And we actually had them for six months. I'd always said, you know, with Patriot Academy, we only get these young people for one week. What if I could have them? You know, for six months. So we, we tested it with these five students. We actually brought them out here uh, two or three times. They actually did handgun defense. They did hand to hand. They did edge weapons. They had a great time. And, uh, and, and then had them work with the legislature and they traveled around the country putting on all our major academies. Well, after I had them for six months, I said, man, I'd really like to have them for a year. <laughs> so <laughs> now we got to build a campus. Anyway, so we're working on that. We're picking our county that we're going to make a sanctuary county and, and make our stand. So you can be a part of that. You can either donate to it, you can send your kids to it, uh, but be, on, be watching for that. The Torture Freedom Foundation campus is, uh, is going to be built, and we're having a mock-up of Independence Hall, an actual an exact replica of Independence Hall. It's going to be really, oh, really nice. cool. And a great place to come train for your Constitution Coach training, and then, uh, and then of course, we'll bring you out here for your handgun training at Frontside. So a lot of, a lot of good stuff happening on that front, but I agree with Daniel. Yep. We have to... We have to remake this thing. We, we've got to have our own economic outlets. We've got to have our own educational outlets. The left dominates in those arenas because we handed it over to them. Okay, now the last question. I said one more, but i got to get – I mean, you came all the way from Massachusetts. How can I not oh. let you ask a question? I've got to ask Daniel. I'm looking on the Internet. Where am I going to find a list of the companies I don't want to do business with? Mm. Second vote is a good one. I mean – Okay. Yeah, secondvote.com is an easy one. Secondvote.com. But, 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 but I think what he's asking is how do you know which businesses to avoid the ones that are funding the anarchy, the tyranny, all this stuff? The, the problem is, and I think this is really what you're driving at. I don't know if these apps that you guys are talking about, it's, you know, I, I appreciate the information, I never heard of them. What level of economic output are they dealing with? Because when you're looking at the top level, they are all bought into it. Right, right. Because even if they weren't originally, in order to have your card as a member of the elite, you have to subscribe to that. This is what has changed in this past generation. They always had academia, they always had um, the nonprofits, they had Hollywood. Um, certainly the media for generations, but where they really turned the corner is when they got the business world. And um, look, 74 million people, that, that, that's a big chunk of the economy, a lot of working people. Um, there's a lot that could be done. I don't think we're there. I mean, 
I just don't know if at this juncture, my dad was just asking me this. I mean, how do you avoid Amazon and every bank? You know, everyone's talking about Bank of America, but they all do the same thing. They all do that. And this is the problem. At some point, we need pressure. I think it's starting at the social media level where you're seeing Twitter and Facebook stock plunge. Um, they're losing tons of business. You're gonna need, you're gonna need parallels. Um, and, and I think, you know, we say politics is downstream from culture. I disagree with that, and that's a whole long discussion. I think they work concurrently. It's a push-pull. The more you push on one, the more it drags the other down or up and vice versa. So I think the more we get at a legal level and a political level, a climate where it is not just safe, but it is embraced in a given county or state to be that way, then you're gonna start having more economic outlets that follow that, that pattern. But from now, for now, it is, I hate to say it because I'm the type that wants to boycott everything. And, and, and there's, you know, check out those apps, but at a top level, it's hard to avoid everything. It's, it's hard. I mean, think about it. Who, who, who are you gonna buy a computer from, right? I mean, who are you gonna, I mean, there's a lot of them where it's gonna take time for us to build up uh, those other things. So we're getting close. I'm gonna close this out with one story. Y'all please thank Daniel Horvath All right. for being here. Thank you. And there you have it, folks. That was me and Rick Green. Rick Green and I live at FrontSight with his Constitution Coach audience. It was really terrific. So many of you guys in this audience were there. So many of you guys can be there. Um, again, I am just shocked at how many conservatives believe in the Second Amendment but don't really own guns themselves. Um, like I said, we had an entire range worth of this audience that were newbies, first-timers, and it was terrific, and they did great that first day. So whether you've shot guns for 50 years or whether you've never held a gun, this is for you, and after two, three days, you'll feel like a pro. So don't feel like this is too intimidating because, again, almost all of these guys were first-timers. Um, it just it's it's kind of funny how many of us maybe it's just culturally we didn't grow up with it, um, but it is lunacy not to learn how to handle a firearm and to own one and if you can carry one to try to carry one in this era that we live in. So again, I look forward to seeing more of you on in the March trip, May trip. There's one in June. I'm not sure which ones I'm going to be out yet, but that should not deter you from coming out. I'll let you know when you can meet me. Again, conaction.network is our new activism website. Sign up so we could pair you with others within your state to create a Liberty Strike Force team. Um, and again, as always, I apologize if I'm not as responsive through email as I used to be. It's just there's a tremendous volume of email, and that is a good thing. And look, we're taking it one day at a time. I'll definitely be back on Friday. I'm not sure about tomorrow. But folks, remember, a free society ought to be armed. It ought to be trained. And it ought to be knowledgeable. We need all three. And in the coming days and weeks, we are going to come up with more strategic plans with your help, with God's help, to take back this country elsewhere and the price is just amazing you know once you pay for the trip the hotel the the plane fare and look if you could stomach the stupid mask mandates 
And I wanted to get into that just a little bit, just to set the table before we play the audio. And again, this is kind of a special show. We're going to do it very sporadic this week. It's going to come out, post online a little bit irregularly, and a little. it's going to be a little bit shorter. But I want to at least connect with you guys. And I just want to say this. I, I thank you all for listening from the bottom of my heart. Um, I feel bad that the show has grown so big. I can't necessarily answer everyone. I try to read all the emails. And like I said, when you go to conaction.network, at least someone will be seeing the email and you'll be able to be put with other people. And more important than getting a chance to meet me is really meeting other people. One of the fun things here is that, you know, they'll have a range with, let's say, 25 lanes and they'll have twice the amount of people. So each person has a buddy and they coach you, you coach each other. So you really get to meet a lot of godly people, conservative people, patriots, having a good time here. And I get the sense that those in our audience are really a very special caliber patriot that is becoming rarer in America, but there still are a lot of us. And there's a lot more people. So again, spread the word of Constitution Coach, Patriot Academy, our event here at Front Sight several times a year. Now, obviously, with me being out, I'm not up on everything going on. In fact, when we're all the way down in some of the farther ranges here, we don't even have cell reception, even if I had a couple minutes to break away. So (laughs) it's kind of interesting that typically I like to be up on everything to really give you guys the cutting edge news, what we need to do about it, what's really important, and... Obviously, there's a lot of news that I'm behind, Han. But here's the thing. There's one point I want to get out today. We all need to challenge each other to do better. Okay? It should be abundantly clear that what we are doing is not working. Okay? It's not working. And when they're able to announce in these airports, because I just traveled... A new federal law, you can't breathe without a diaper. And it's only a matter of days before they get the double mask mandate. There's something we're doing that's wrong. And I'm intellectually honest enough, unlike many colleagues of mine in this industry, to recognize that conservatism at a corporate level has been a failure my entire lifetime. And... You know, as you're going to hear, I don't know if you'll be able to hear the questions in the audience, but there's some Q&A afterwards. You'll hear the answers from Rick Green and myself. We're up on the stage at the big classroom. And by the way, it was just tremendous having all these people together without COVID fascism and just being able to converse and meet like human beings. It's truly a lot of fun. But a lot of you are pushing me with very tough questions. And, you know, this is a tough time and there aren't great answers. Um, so it's, it's forced me to think outside the box, to think more strategically, and I'm still groping in the dark. But I'll tell you this much. You can't come up with a solution until you recognize the extent and severity of the problem itself. Okay, that should be obvious. 
And you can't have this Baghdad bomb mentality. Remember him? There are no American soldiers in the vicinity of Baghdad while they were coming in. And we can't think we climbed Mount Everest when we didn't even get up the foot of the mountain. Because if you didn't, and you still need to do it, well, you got to come up with a strategy to do it. Thinking you did it when you didn't do it is not a strategy. So one piece of news I did want to get to that we haven't talked about since we met last, before I went out to front site last week, is the Supreme Court ruling. And I'm reading all over conservative media, man, look at that Supreme Court. They really slapped down Gavin Newsom there. And let me, you know, I, I usually don't even like reading the National Review and stuff like that, but I think sometimes it's instructive to understand what not to do and what not to think. And it starts off like this. Gavin Newsom's bad 2021 got worse late last week when the U.S. Supreme Court in South Bay United Pentecostal Church v. Newsom issued emergency relief suspending California's month-long ban on indoor religious services for violating the First Amendment. So yeah, I mean, Gavin Newsom is just having a bad month. California's ban was the most sweeping in the country, and the court was right to stand up for the right of Californians to worship. Now you think, well, wow, did did the Supreme Court finally discover its own case law? Like, for for the last 70 years, if a state or federal official sneezes at someone the wrong way, you evidently violated their right and the court could just come in and grant relief? You have a right to Medicaid? You have a right to vote 50 early, fifty days early before an election. You have a right to uh, for non-citizens to vote and not have to show proof of citizenship. You have a right to every type of abortion procedure and every type of clinic without basic health care regulatory standards. You have a right to everything. So did they finally discover the right to breathe free air, which is a natural right? that predated the Constitution? Did they discover the right to gather at all? Did they discover the right to open a business? No, they didn't. In fact, implicit in the Supreme Court opinion is that we must defer to the other branches of government, and yes, there's the COVID and it's terrible, and implicit is that all this garbage works. You read the opinion and you think, this is still like the, those first court opinions at the end of March when some people, not those in this audience, you knew that this was a farce from day one, not the existence of the virus, but the notion that these non-pharmaceutical interventions, that the government tyranny could stop its spread. And basically what you had was a 6-3 ruling that California can't categorically ban indoor church services, okay? They could force you to wear a mask. They could have 25% capacity limits. Not to mention everything else going on and the businesses. But what's happened with these so-called conservative, controlled opposition, federalist society type of Republican judges, is that they've made religious liberty an idolatry, okay? They've made it a half-baked carve-out. 
at the expense of every other right. So it's like, hey, this is North Korea. That's fine, but have some avenue with a muzzle to have 25% capacity indoor services. Because that's kind of like freedom to worship. Okay, well, what about freedom of speech? Freedom to assemble, freedom to breathe. Fifth Amendment, 14th Amendment. And again, these are real rights that you and I believe in, certainly the Supreme Court precedent, that you have to show that, you have to show your work, that the state has to demonstrate that what they're doing works, it's needed. You can't just say, well, there's COVID, so people are dying, it's needed. Well, you could, do they have to jump on their head 10 times? It has to work. You have to show efficacy. You have to show it's the least restrictive means of achieving that vital state interest. Strict scrutiny, the balancing test. You're not seeing this anywhere. It just, look, you're singling out, you know, those old lines. Ha ha, like if you, and, 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 and the opinion is full of all these things. The gambling get to do this, and it's not just, uh, you know, salons and this and that. Churches are important too. And it's all part of this thing that you could violate rights as long as you do it equally. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. And then you had, you know, we could only get three votes on the singing. Okay? So basically, Roberts, Roberts didn't say anything. He obviously is for the ban on singing in church. But Amy Barrett and Kavanaugh joined her concurrence where she basically said, look, we don't have enough evidence yet. Present a little bit more evidence and maybe we could talk about it. Okay, present some evidence and we could talk about it. I agree with Justice Gorsuch's statement. So Gorsuch gave the more sweeping one and said that, and, and, and Thomas and Alito joined, that they would have also put an injunction on the ban on singing. But again, even those three, they didn't talk about the categorical issue. Now, I understand, basically, the litigation was only over churches. It wasn't over the other issues. And even in the churches, I don't think they were asking to not wear a mask. Because again, from a legal standpoint, they were trying to just have the most narrow win and get a win for their client. But let me ask you something. If states started raping conservative women, I hate to get crude here, but let's say they just say we're going to do that. And somehow we only ask for relief on a certain narrow aspect of it. The courts would scream for, would scream their lungs out, proverbially through their writing, through their opinions. You can't do this. Why, is it, why are they always so narrow when it comes to real fundamental rights? But they're so sweeping when it comes to like last year's Bostock opinion of transgenderism. There's a right to that. A couple months ago, we saw Kansas, they can't ask for proof of citizenship to register to vote. All this talk and all their opinions, we have to defer to the states, of course, but just this far you can't go. They never say that. 
So anyway, Amy Barrett said, I agree with Gorsuch's statement. Save its contention that the court should enjoin California's prohibition on singing and chanting during indoor services. The applicants bore the burden of establishing their entitlement to relief from the singing ban. In my view, they did not carry that burden, at least not on this record. As this case comes to us, it remains unclear whether the singing ban applies across the board or else favors certain sectors. Of course, if a... um, Chorister can sing in a Hollywood studio, but not in her church. Then California's regulations cannot be viewed as neutral. You see what I mean? It's like a state has the right to do to to to, to get that intimately into your natural rights, as long as they don't do it evenly. What is going on here? Now look, look. I have not changed my view that the courts aren't the end all. We got this is why I'm pushing the constitutional sanctuary movement in the counties and the states where we can. But here's the deal. If the courts are going to go and create affirmative rights to positive actions and positive benefits from government and they're the end all to crush states from regulating marriage Defining marriage, regulating abortion, from regulating the times, methods, and procedures of elections pursuant to Article 1, Section 4 that's given to them. They can't even have their own Medicaid work requirements. Nothing. And suddenly here, for 10 months, they could just suspend liberty. Now, look, I get it that it does seem like some of the more conservative ones are keeping their powder dry. In Gorsuch's stronger concurrence, there was this one-sentence reference to the fact that, yeah, you know, you guys are always moving the goalposts. So that was a throwaway line looking beyond this, you know, splitting of the hairs on the singing in the church and the 25% capacity. But dude, I mean, there is incontrovert. There is not a shred of evidence that this stuff works. California is the perfect state for this. They did everything that you could possibly do, and months into the shutdown, it came with a vengeance worse than in Florida, where they didn't have this. And then you know what? Coincidentally, after two months of spread, eight weeks, this always happens, the winter spread was over, and now it's down. What? Suddenly those interventions worked? Those dudes had that in place before anyone in mid-March. It might have been like March 12th or, or something. They had the earliest lockdown in America. But this gets back to, um, you know, well, let me first just say with the evidentiary standards. Cases and hospitalizations are plummeting. It can't be from the masking because they rose well into the masking and fell. There was no increase in masking. We maxed out in this country. If anything, the increase was actually before. It was the summer into the fall is where it really became universal and the cases were low. If anything, more recently, a couple of states like Iowa and North Dakota relaxed it. 
So there's no evidence that anyone's behavior changed it. Don't blame it on the PCR um, cycle threshold levels that, oh, they're using um, better CTs, so not they're not picking up as many false positives because there's no real evidence that, as we thought, that CDC is following the World Health Organization's guidelines. What are you going to say? It mutated? I thought we were told the mutation would cause an increase in cases. And again, as we said last week, in South Africa and the UK, the home of the two main new variants, that at least the known ones, I'm sure there's plenty of them. Guess what? Cases fell 90% in South Africa. Falling rapidly, not quite as rapidly, but very rapidly in the UK. It can't be the vaccines either because with the vaccines, most places in America, it's been falling for about four weeks already, the cases. So four weeks ago, there were very few people that had two doses of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine. And indeed, the place where they're the farthest along in Israel, cases were still going up. So that's the thing. It's all about seasonality. It has its seasons. It saturates. When it's saturating, there's nothing you can do to stop it. If it's not its time to spread, you can gather all you want and it won't spread it. You know, look, initially when when it started spreading in the late spring in the southern states, we're like, oh, it's BLM. I myself thought it was at the time. But it appears, it's called the Hope Simpson curve. They get their curve later. Hopefully they won't get it a second year because hopefully we would have achieved de facto herd immunity by then. But this this is in plain sight. Someone needs to file a categorical lawsuit on the entire premise of this. A state doesn't have the power to do this. Well, Daniel, the courts have said they can quarantine. That's not quarantine. Quarantine is there's 10 guys over there that have a very deadly disease that's quarantinable. Not the entire country is getting this year's version of the flu, even if it's more deadly to some, but it cannot be stopped. It spreads like a flu. You can't suspect everyone without symptoms all the time, every time of doing stuff, Even if it did work, certainly the fact that the stuff they're doing doesn't work. They're busted on every front. It's so sad that it took an Italian court. An Italian court said, you can't mask kids under 10. There's no evidence there's even a problem for them. So we have more freedom there. But that's the thing. We all thought we were getting these conservative judges. It's a joke, but you read the National Review. You read the National Review, and they're like, deference to democracy is not a blank check. We're glad they did this. Newsom's ban on all indoor worship gatherings of any size or spacing while allowing Hollywood to continue indoor film and television production is neither generally applicable nor narrowly tailored. What? 
So if they have 25% capacity with masks, is that narrowly tailored either? No. It's just weird. These people are bizarre. But these are the people that have been running this movement for too long. They think the courts are taking care of this. No, they're not. Now, I think we need to push harder, get some better circuits like the Eighth Circuit, get a categorical lawsuit on what I just said, why 10 months later they have to show their work that, A, they even have the power to do this, to indefinitely quarantine an entire country together, not you know these people from these people, but everyone individually, even if they had a vaccine, even if they had the um, the virus ready, even if they have no symptoms, no matter how much information comes out on asymptomatic spread, on child spread, on impervious, you know, someone's impervious nature to, to reinfection, you know, any serious reinfection after having already had it. At some point, this needs to matter. And folks, I've been a little bit out of it the last few days traveling and and really the last week I haven't gotten involved in this so much but there's so much more data and studies out oh man maybe we'll get Dr. Andy Boston back on the show but he's been sending me a bunch of stuff you had this study out um, in the UK that basically showed that staff in, in schools like teachers have a 40 times, 40 fold, not 40, 40 fold greater risk of transmission within households than in school. Another study found that in Singapore, they had aggressive intervention in elderly care homes that helped, but early adoption of masks and lockdowns were not a feature of Singapore's response to COVID 19. I could go on and on. Someone needs to collect all this evidence, go in the best, you know, in a district within the best circuit and tee it up. Again, not with the understanding that the courts should be the end all, are the end all, or will even rule properly. But we gotta we gotta throw everything everything we have at this. But obviously, again, it takes these state level organizations, um, I'm really excited for this new group. I am a little bit overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't have a staff, but a lot of you have volunteered. Some of you have come over to me here at Frontside or emailed me that you're good at IT and different things like that. And this this is not such a good week to even email because I'm obviously on the run, so I'm not checking the email when half the day I'm at the range with no reception. But we will get this set up. Um, My only regret is I didn't do this earlier because the legislative sessions, you know, the clock is ticking. We're in February. There aren't that many weeks. But again, I mean, you you look at our conversation with the sheriff. The sheriff's always around. And we'll talk about that. So that's the thing. We all need to do better. And that starts with understanding that we're not on this way to winning the courts or winning this or this hero Republican that the National Review thinks is so conservative, but really they're part of the controlled opposition. 
what the courts are doing now with these Republican judges is the quintessential definition of a controlled opposition. Now I want to make you guys feel a little jealous that you're not here out in front sight. Get a little flavor of what Rick and I have been doing. Um, he really has a tremendous organization, Patriot Academy. Um, you could check out constitutioncoach.com, everything else he does. But we're going to take a little bit of a listen to our Monday night event. And, you know, we'll listen to as much as we can. The questions, obviously, you can't hear because they didn't have microphones. But you'll hear Rick and I talk about, again, how we fight back. There's no good answer. That's a silver bullet. But everything together, we could do a lot better. Let's take a listen. 